Hey, welcome to another episode of Progressive Outlook. We have a lot to talk about today regarding the old guard and the new guard. It's Sunday, January 24th, 2021. If you guys like what you hear, go ahead, like, subscribe, and just keep following this podcast. Thank you very much. Let's go. Now, at the beginning of the week, on Monday, right before the inauguration, the National Guard vetted over 20,000 troops that were deployed in D.C., and they removed uh, 12 or more troops that were affiliated with right-wing and militia organizations, and some of them even wrote threatening messages to government officials uh, prior to the uh, they joined. But the thing is, this is a vain process for white supremacy. At least they're doing this now. Uh, it's good for at least they're doing it. You know, they should have done it a long time ago, but well, here we are. They shouldn't stop there. That vetting process should be a necessary process for the National Guard, the military, and government office that you'll be going into. Uh, the white supremacists just shouldn't have any power at all. And this is a good thing, a good start that they're doing right here. And just keep that up, not even just for the inauguration. And more news regarding the impending attacks of the threats on the Capitol was that um, FBI witness actually said Proud Boys intended to kill Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi. And they have uh, information that they intended to kill uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC. Uh, of course, they caused, they, they uh, did more arrests, too, regarding the uh, seditionists that attacked the Capitol. And Nancy's Pelosi laptop was uh, stolen from one of the seditionists, and they Got a, they got a hold of this girl. Uh, it was a young woman who was on the run, who was actually trying to sell this laptop to Russians. This story sounds like something from the movie Burn After Reading. But um, basically, it sounds like she was trying to actually sell state information. So she's actually, you know, she was in custody, but the lawyer, no, the judge let her out on uh, house arrest, basically giving her to the under the charge of her mother if they break that her mom is going to be going to jail as well but this is coming from someone who actually committed espionage against the country you get house arrest you should be under the jail uh, this is still a double standard that's been going on in this country it's just so ridiculous um and not just not even just the double standard alone she committed a high level of treason and she gets house arrest that's not necessary she should she shouldn't be at home just having a modicum of freedom for this. She should be in jail and she should be charged to the highest degree for what she did. And, you know, it's, it's, just, it's, it's hard to sit here and actually have people say like, well, you know, she will be charged. She will be charged and everything, which honestly, also, there was information that the Department of Justice is debating about charging even more seditionists because they said the courthouses are going to be full. This is another issue with a double standard going on. Like, it's not even getting with the double standard. This is ridiculous. These people committed treason. They should be charged. This is actually setting an example to future people not to commit this act against their own country. This is ridiculous because, you know, if nothing, if no one's held accountable, it's just going to keep going on and on again. Seriously, we have to charge these people. We can't put them on house arrest. You have to be harsh on them. Like, 
they've committed the ultimate crime against the country right here. Like, they were literally trying to uh, harm, kidnap, or, or, or just take hostages of, of congressmen and women. These people in the government. So, another thing with that, because this is just so much crazy with it, is that the FBI actually wants to scrutinize politicians that were in the Capitol around that time who were sending text messages because they actually found out that the seditionists were getting inside information from people inside on where to go, where officers were. Um, Nancy Pelosi's uh, daughter actually said that one office that she um, found ransacked was actually hard to discover. She's been going to the Capitol hundreds of times, and she said this office is really tucked out of the way, and they found it and ransacked the hell out of it. So the fact that these things are happening, especially this inside information, we all have ideas on who these people are. For example, uh, I mentioned uh, Lauren Boebert previously. I think I was calling her Bobbert. Excuse me, I meant Boebert. But basically, she was texting out information about Nancy Pelosi during the end. Like, we were locked in house chambers. And then another tweet said, the speaker has been removed from the chambers. Um, which is actually a time when... The security details are telling people not to use their phones and she was still on her phone she is being scrutinized for this which is rightfully so like it doesn't matter how you feel about certain politicians but the fact that there's people on the inside who may want to commit harm to these other people these other congress people is just ridiculous i don't like ted cruz but i don't wish ill will to him or any harm to him, or Matt Gates, or anything like that. Um, I have issues with Mitch McConnell, but I don't want him to like fall over, or have a heart attack, or anyone to attack him. And that's ridiculous, and just ridiculous on the outside and the inside that these people. AOC doesn't even feel safe around her colleagues. I mentioned earlier last week in her Instagram, uh, her Instagram live video when she was talking about her counted events. But now she's still feeling unsafe because they place, put up metal detectors in the Capitol. And again, Bobert, for example, who's clamoring about bringing her gun to D.C., is actually setting off these metal detectors or putting a hold up about trying to get through. So now she's getting fined for bringing a gun to the Capitol, which, by the way, is another terrible idea. We can't have Congress people armed in the Capitol. Like, I was just thinking about this. Like, what, what is this? Ancient Rome? That was insane back then. They actually brought knives to the Senate. And what? They killed the Gracchi brothers, uh, which were two tribunes, equivalent to our representatives. And they killed Caesar. Actually, they killed Caesar where they were holding their sessions, which is at Pompey's Theater. I mean, th this is ridiculous. Like, let, let's keep in mind... The government is actually modeled after Rome, and I'm starting to see that it's actually copying Rome's insanity as well. Uh, let's actually just punch, punch, stop the brakes right there, okay? And let's not get too far crazy with this, okay? Like, seriously, no one should be armed in the capital of all places. It, it, no, one has to, no one can be armed in D.C. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's illegal to actually be walking around with a gun on you in that city. 
so like they should be getting fined for it and honestly i think they should be taking their firearms from when that happens yeah second amendment rights and everything but if you're actually breaking against the laws and if you're scrutinized for working with these terrorists then for for first off they're losing their weapons too so she shouldn't or anyone else in that city should be armed as well because this is just getting so armed and going out in public all right like you can't have guns in your home and all that that's cool but taking guns to these public places that's the issue right there and that's what shouldn't be happening because they have to keep them at home over there as is you can't take your guns anywhere like starbucks anyway they don't allow concealed carry over there even if you're going to be a chump who's going to break that rule and everything and now you're going to take it to the capital that's even crazier with that and say like well you would protect yourselves against what against the seditionists that you were actually encouraging to do these crazy things they saw the mob all the time going to work they saw these people outside for all almost all of january december right there until the insurrection happened Okay, and I don't think they were just worried about their safety then until that happened. And now, keep in mind, I'm only talking about the people that were pro-Trump, pro-Trump rally, that pro-Trump mob. Not talking about other people who are now worried about their life, especially with these threats that came out about it. So... That's really, really, really ridiculous. That was a crazy, crazy thing that's still happening. Like I said, the FBI report will be very interesting when it goes down. One stupid thing about Trump was that uh, he kept talking about cleaning up the government, draining the swamp, which I suppose is about uh, just exposing, not exposing, but actually eliminating people who are corrupt or part of the system and bringing in people who are outside of it so to speak, and break rules. Not that, well, he did break a lot of rules, but actually change up the rules. So, for example, like lobbyists, he actually put in an executive order that after your term is done as a politician, or even if you uh, lose an election, you lose your seat, for two years you cannot become a lobbyist. So there's more of that settled period that... Over time, you'll do other things like that and move on, and you won't even be thinking about being a lobbyist. Of course, he actually went and redacted that executive order with another one. But one crazy thing about how this draining the swamp really was just for show, for show, and it wasn't for sure, <laughs> was um, Steve Bannon. This was the guy who was the, the guy who made I, what was that? Uh, um, not Drudge Report, but Breitbart News. That's what he was running. And basically, he he stepped down from Trump's cabinet, went back to media and all that stuff. But he was actually being investigated. Actually, was being charged because the wall that was being built up, actually that funding that those Trump supporters were putting their cash into, wasn't going anywhere but Bannon's pockets. So basically, he was just lining up all that money they gave him. And there was no, honestly, look at it. That wall hasn't even been done. Like, there's just a little bit of a piece there. It was such a vanity project that wasn't even real. It was just, it was literally a scheme just to make money off of folks. 
it's not even a real deal. Anyway, Trump pardoned him and 140 other people. And it sounds like the other people had to pay $2 million to get their pardon. So, yeah, um, Joe the Tiger King from uh, the Netflix documentary. Yeah, his lawyers were out there with that limo to pick him up from uh, jail because he was going to get pardoned. Apparently, they didn't get the memo that they had to pay up. But that's what they were saying. That's what it sounds like was happening. But no, he did pardon Steve Bannon. He actually pardoned someone who was committing fraud <laughs> in his cabinet. But you know what? Because, hey, that's his buddy his. And corruption, it, 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 it likes to work with its own kind. Let's just say it like that. But uh, enough about uh, that orange... Um, orange sad sack because he is now a twice impeached private citizen living in Florida, no longer occupying the White House. He wasn't even president. He was just a guy occupying the White House. Spent two years without one. And we actually do have a president, a new president. And it's, well, of course, Joe Biden. And his inauguration went down on Wednesday. And the theme of it was unity for the country and respect to your neighbor yeah, and respect from the incoming administration. That's a strong message that he's trying to push. And I respect that message. Um, it's going to be personally hard for me. Well, first off, it's hard to actually talk about unity and respect without accountability and charges for what happened. And that's actually what's going on right now. And it's a good thing he's not even talking about because even though he's president, the Justice Department is its own section. The, judici the judicial system is doing its own job. He's executive. He doesn't have to point and control what they have to do. So right now it's working on that. But um, it was really it was a really good inauguration, though. Jennifer Lopez, Lady Gaga, Garth Brooks, they all sang over there. Kamala Harris was escorted by Eugene Goodman. That was the uh, the Capitol policeman that you've constantly seen in the video running up the stairs, uh, leading the the seditionists in the Capitol away from the Senate hall when, when the Senate was actually in session. They were in session, but they were securing the room. And they weren't fully secured, so he took them away from there. A minute later, they secured the room, and he was able to save them. That was really, really good. And not just that. So he's getting his medal, and he's been promoted to House Sergeant at Arms or the Senate Sergeant of Arms. But he is the acting Sergeant at Arms in the, in the Capitol right now. So that's really great. Uh, Kamala also swore a third good marshal's Bible, uh, you know, a historic event there of the first black woman and South Asian vice president that we have. And she swore on the same Bible of Thurgood Marshall, who is actually the court's first black justice. So that's that, that was a good gesture. It was a good symbol right there. So now due to... Uh, having no audience because of the uh, COVID-19 virus, 200,000 flags were planted in the National Mall, representing those that have died uh, from the virus. And actually, um, the night before the inauguration, Biden spoke uh, mostly to those that uh, have friends and family who suffered or 
lost someone from the virus and about how he wants to he has plans to correct things but it's more of a memorial to those people that fall into it and yeah 400,000 more have still the numbers increasing but we'll go over to uh, how Biden's adjusting how he's going to counter that but one other thing is that uh, he told his staff that he'll fire them on the spot too if he catches them um, just beating, being out of line to each other personally. If they're just, just acting, I, I hate to say just impolitely, but yeah, just basically, um, just not being professional standard to each other. He really is trying to push this uh, dignified message that the White House is actually back on track with dignity. And he doesn't want anyone acting full up in there. <laughs> now, I talked about accountability earlier. And this still going on, especially about the accountability regarding the insurrection with, within the Capitol. Just because he's now gone, thank God, you don't say to a president, do whatever you want in the last months of your administration. You're going to get a get-out-of-jail card free because people think we should make nice-nice and forget that people died here on January 6th. I think that would be uh, harmful to unity. Under Senate rules, the trial would start a day after the House delivered the article of impeachment. But some Democrats have hinted that a delay might be engineered in order to keep Biden's legislative agenda and Senate confirmations for his appointments on track. That was Nancy Pelosi. She's speaking more candidly about the actions that Trump committed and that he should actually be tried for what he did. Uh, just hold them accountable for everything, especially that there are people who are trying to, to move on and act like this didn't happen and not to talk about this anymore. Uh, like a trial and impeachment will divide people even more. But actually, like she said, people died over there. We have to bring justice. Such so a thing about like not thinking about any accountability. We're talking about guys like Ted Cruz and Hawley, uh, those senators who are just trying to act like, let's move on from that. Let's not even think about this anymore. And it's actually biting them in the butt. The Democratic Senate actually filed an ethics complaint against Ted Cruz and Hawley that lead to expulsion for their actions regarding the insurrection. So they're requesting an investigation on how close Cruz and Holly were to the sedition plan, uh, whether it's aid and abetting, aid and comfort, conspiracy, accessory. So the Senate needs to know to what degree the actions to take that evokes what crimes were committed. Since uh, FBI and other investigation agencies are running into some red tape right now, they're holding their own investigation as well and just recovering what information they get from that they'll be able to move on there regarding uh, removing them from office as for more information on the impeachment trial the trial will begin the week of february 8th trump will be uh, going to trial he'll get a lawyer or one will be provided to him and for him to prepare by then and the senate will be prepared their case as well the house can limit trump to prepare so that he can't delay their time and try to push from February 8th. Now, Mitch McConnell, like I said, is trying, he was trying to delay as long as he could, and they put a limit to it until when it's going to start. It's so weird 
that uh, that we have Republicans. McConnell is vocal about uh, voting f- uh, against Trump in the trial. Romney is vocal about that as well. But we'll see how many GOP members actually vote. Uh, basically, you need a 67 vote to convict them. But since the trial is going down, we'll see what the details with that as well. Um, more stuff from the Hill was um, Mitch McConnell still trying to hold on to power of being a majority leader for the committees. But uh, basically, yeah, after the inauguration, more senators were sworn in from Kamala Harris, who's the head of Congress as vice president. But Mitch McConnell is trying to delay those cab the those um, new members from joining the cabinet so he can hold on to how much majority power he can. But basically, all that's going to do is just be uh, will, act out of will and endurance of holding committees and meetings so long up until uh, he'll break down for that. Uh, Will they be able to govern? Well, they're going to need Biden support and procedural actions such as nominations outlasting the Senate. And thus, they'll be forcing them to work through the weekends more specifically. And they'll use the power of the majority leader on the floor, which will be going to, to Schumer. Now, regarding uh, the executive branch, uh, Biden's America Rescue Plan is something he was putting in effect. Well, he actually, he is putting in effect right now. It's the direct cash payments the extended unemployment, eviction moratorium, uh, food assistance, keeping essential frontline workers on the job, and aid to small businesses. So he's putting that in effect to, again, stimulate the economy and get things on its feet. Um, Biden also fired Trump's appointees. Um, and the White House Spanish language website has been put back up. The Surgeon General has been replaced. And... Same press briefings are back in the White House. Uh, things are actually calm and boring, just as it should be watching press briefings. <laughs> it shouldn't be anything erratic of lies, anger, and craziness. Uh, Dr. Fauci uh, actually spoke to the press as well. and He was smiling and joking, talking about the polar opposites between the two uh, cabinets, where one was just sporadically throwing out information that wasn't that they didn't even know because they didn't know what to say so the the man occupying the white house would just start saying random things such as start injecting clorox in your arm maybe that'll clear up or use uv rays and fauci would be very confused why he's saying this uh, uh misinformation that's not even scientifically proven. It wasn't proven at all. Nothing was proven what Trump was saying. But now he's much more free to what to say. The president wasn't even up there. He had the whole floor to himself talking to the press. So literally it's just trusting the science and trusting Fauci. So that's that was a really good um, breath of fresh air for everyone. I mean, just a rundown of the executive orders the episode of this podcast was going to be named that by the way for a while so biden actually hit the ground running his first three days so far we've rejoined the paris climate agreement halted work on the keystone pipeline rejoined the world health organization extended the moratorium and evictions extended the pause and student loans protected dreamers bolstered our covid response effort 
protected LGBTQ people from workplace discrimination, increased SNAP benefits for working families. Uh, so basically, it's controlling his actions were control the COVID pandemic, provide economic relief, tackle climate change, and also promote racial equity. (laughs) But this is like within the first three days. Yeah, he's really hit the ground running with it. Very impressive start so far. And with the pipeline is something that the First Nations people have been fighting for several, several years. I mean, oh man, over a decade, I believe. And it's because it was just going through a sacred burial ground that they have of actually their families are buried over there. It was just going to be a mess. So it's a good thing that pipeline is now dead. It's not going to be worked on anymore. He took down the wall. <laughs> He's taking out. There's no more. There's more money. No more money going in that wall and everything. That's that uh, hideous uh, monument of hatred will be gone. And he's reuniting families that were ripped apart from each other um, at the concentration camps. So he's trying to fix that up too. So it's a good start. A really, really good start. Uh, I guess next to what he's doing with the vaccine for sure is he values going to move heaven and earth to get 100 million people vaccinated in the first 100 days as Trump's effort for that was a dismal failure, actually. Um, They didn't even have any plans to to distribute vaccines when they were telling states about the vaccines they were having set up for them. And states contacted them like, okay, let's get something together. They didn't have anything to give these people. They just lied to the states about it. Uh, I bet you they were mostly blue states because he was a divisionist like that. The new acting FCC chief, Jessica Rosenworcel, I hope I got that last name correct. Uh, She's uh, supporting... Uh, restoring net neutrality, uh, something that Ajit Pai destroyed. Um, he, so now that's back in back back in the fold of things. That makes great sense. And uh, Lloyd Austin is confirmed of becoming the first Black Defense Secretary in U.S. history. Uh, Biden said he wanted to have a diverse cabinet, and he actually stuck to his guns. He has one. Now, the thing is. Um, there's also people saying that things are going back to normal. We don't have to fight anymore. Uh, they don't have to protest anymore. Uh, things are going to be okie doke. No, this was actually the start of the change. There still has to be fight for changes and fight for rights. Um, Black Lives Matter was about police accountability. And the week of the inauguration, uh, New York had protests. They had... Um, actually workers strikes union strikes going down uh, seattle had a protest to uh, what it sounds like it was people protesting just establishments in general but they have the right to for their voices to be heard and the police were just being violent attacking these people as if nothing has changed uh, that's a good example there uh, white supremacy is actually back in the forefront of things and they're going to try to go into the Holes that those cockroaches came from and hide away, pretend it's nothing. And they have to keep scrutinizing all these institutions, um, running up and investigating more of these militia groups. And also inside the military, the government wings, the police force, and try to weed out um, 
white supremacy from poisoning more of the system because let alone this already um justice system is already skewed it's not blind it's not equal and fair just taking care of that is a good start it's not going to be a band-aid to fix all but we really do have a long way of just getting back well getting to a normal government that we have never gotten to at all so this is a good start to it and we're going to move on with this some more so keep your voices heard everybody and again if you like this podcast if you like what you heard go ahead subscribe like follow go for it drop me a message um you can do a voice recording uh it's over at anchor anchor.fm progressive uh, outlook and go ahead let me know what you think or just write something in the comments go for it um my name on twitter is a guy called dave so go for it go for that too (laughs) but yeah feel free to contact me and have a great week everybody take care be safe y'all